Glow Pen Medicine. And welcome to the Well Focused Podcast. I'm Mitch Sherman, and today we have injury prevention specialist and physical therapist Alexandra Rella. Alex, how are you doing today? I am great, thank you. Thanks for being on here. Of course. Yeah, yeah we really appreciate it. How's, uh, how's your day going so far? Oh, excellent. I can't complain about a thing, honestly. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, so let's get right into it. You are an injury prevention specialist. You and I have worked a good amount over the last six months or so, I'd say, about injury prevention and how it is becoming a more pertinent topic within Penn Medicine. Uh, can you touch a little bit on some of these trends that we're seeing? Oh, sure. So, you know, employee injury prevention has been a focus and, and a, a commitment that the leadership at Penn Medicine has made, um, I mean, well before, but definitely since 2006 and 2007, when uh, it was recognized from workers' comp claims that we needed to be consistently assessing the risk factors throughout Penn Medicine and mitigating those risk factors so that we can create a, a safer workplace for our employees and patients. You and I have been working together these last six months, partly because some of those risk factors, you know, those risk factors are constantly changing. Those risk factors recently, you know, switched from the office on site. You know, we saw some trends change where we had employees working from home. And we also saw some trends changing on site at the hospitals because of an increased pace in some areas. Yeah. My first response to that is what changed back in 2006, 2007 was what that made us cross this threshold to, to start recognizing this more? Well, what was interesting back then in 2006 and 2007, there was an increase in workers' comp claims overall. But when they took a look at what was driving the claims, it was the nursing departments. And of the claims in the nursing departments, a good portion of them were coming from moving and transferring and handling patients. And while we recognized that trend at our institution, others, it was emerging in the research and that nursing, whether you're an RN or you're a certified nursing assistant, are one of the most dangerous jobs that one could do because of the constant wear and tear pushing and pulling and the injuries that result from patient handling are from cumulative trauma. Um, the continuous pressure put on the discs in the spine caused the spinal discs to be at higher risk for disc herniations and disc protrusions. So our nursing staff, if they're pushing and pulling and lifting patients without a safe patient handling program, then they're going to be at an increased risk of developing a low back disorder. So while we recognize that at Penn Medicine, safe patient handling and mobility was emerging evidence, and there was enough research to support the need for equipment. And that's where we couldn't turn away from the research and what was in front of us with our own workers' compensation claims. So at that time, Penn Medicine, the leadership, made the commitment to start installing ceiling-mounted lifts. Ceiling-mounted lifts is a control so that we can decrease 
that exposure to the push-pull forces that the nurses are exposed to. Instead of the nurse pushing and pulling, they now have the ceiling left in the sling to perform that activity. So now we've decreased that nurse's, that our staff's exposure to that risk factor. The ceiling lifts, the equipment alone is only part of it. We knew we were gonna have to address the culture uh, and we did that by getting the staff buy-in. Our employees played a big role in choosing the equipment. They trialed it. We trialed it across different departments and uh, we developed policy and procedure around using that equipment. We took great time and effort to train our staff in how to use that equipment. And we took the approach really, we really nurtured the culture so that we had the buy-in of our staff. We really wanted our nurses and CNAs to realize that the program was a best practice to support their safety. And then ultimately, staff safety carries over into patient safety. As we see a decrease in injury from patient handling amongst our staff, we see decreased turnover, improved job satisfaction, you know, that's rolled up into people being in less pain while they're working. That then carries over into patient satisfaction. Beyond patient satisfaction, there are some direct benefits of patient safety for patient handling. We see improved dignity with patient handling when we're using our equipment. You know, if a patient falls, they're already, and they're conscious, they're already embarrassed. And having a number of people walk into the room and having to try to figure out and how they're gonna get the patient off the floor makes it even more of an embarrassing an event. But now, I mean, at Penn Medicine, if a patient falls discreetly, we have a plan. If there's a ceiling left in the room, two staff members are going to carefully get a sling underneath that patient and bring them back up into bed without a lot of fuss. And if they're in an area where there isn't a ceiling lift, we have a piece of equipment staged at most of our hospitals called a hover jack, which is an air-assisted device. Uh, it's basically four air mattresses sewn together on top of each other. And it, it's on a small cart. So if a patient falls in the hallway or even a visitor or an employee falls and they can't get back up, this hover jack is brought to that location by nursing or security and you roll the patient onto this deflated mattress, and then within minutes, you just inflate one mattress at a time until it brings that fallen individual back up to bed height. Again, discreetly, with just one to three people needed for the transfer, that's one way that it improves dignity. And in the rooms, there's a lot of discreet procedures that take place. And with the ceiling lifts and our other portable lift equipment, we just don't require as many caregivers for most patient care uh, activities than we would have without the equipment. And then skin care, I can't, um, patient skin care improves when we have this equipment to turn patients frequently, to get them out of bed frequently. When we see a, a unit commit to the safe patient handling program, not only do we see nurse injuries amongst our staff decrease, but we have time and time again watched nosocomial pressure rates, no, nosocomial pressure ulcer rates decrease, in some instances down to zero for multiple quarters. So the benefits of the program go well beyond staff safety <laughs> and yeah. definitely benefit our patients. It's a best practice for sure.
Yeah, I love that you touch on that a healthy employee leads to healthier patients, because at the end of the day, why are we in this field? And it's to help people. And as part of the Well Focus team, our slogan is the best care for your patients starts with the best care for yourself. So that ties in exactly to what you said. Um, I know you had mentioned disc herniations and low back pain. Do you find that a lot of these increased injuries are pertaining to the back? Yes. Um, I don't have the percentage of those injuries, but it is one of the most common. And unfortunately, they tend to be the most severe, requiring the most time away from work just because of the nature of low back disorders. Low back disorders are the cause is very hard to diagnose. The true source of the pain and the symptoms often takes a lot of testing in order, you know, to really find out what the issue is. The path for treating low back disorders after MRIs and x-rays, usually the attempt is to take a traditional treatment approach of physical therapy. But after you know, attempting physical therapy if somebody still needs surgical intervention, all of that is continued more and more time away from work. Our disability management and HR department work with occupational medicine and our department managers. They do a phenomenal job of trying to get employees back on restricted duty to keep them part of the workforce while they're going through their healing. But in some cases, employees do have to remain out of work, unfortunately, especially for the more severe low back disorders. Yeah, and I've worked in a number of physical therapy clinics over my time, and 80% of the patients that I worked with were low back pain. So it is something that's in the hospital. It's something out of the hospital. And, you know, we touched on people working from home now. As a result of the pandemic, I know my job is completely remote for now, maybe one day in the office um, in the future. And I know that a lot of people um, have become more sedentary in their lifestyles. So these issues, while we're talking about in the workplace and we have the data of increased workers' comp cases, these issues exist outside of that as well. And it's something that we really, you know, should be cognizant of because it overlaps when if you're maybe not taking care of yourself biomechanically at home, it could cause issues in the workplace and vice versa, too. Oh, absolutely. When you have a, say, for example, a nurse who is pushing and pulling frequently while they're at work, that's why nurses have a higher, nurses and CNAs have a higher prevalence of low back disorders than the general population. But if someone is also then going home, doing things, doing activities with poor body mechanics, that's going to be additional exposure to those risk factors. The years that someone might have children and they're pushing children around, lifting children, um, and, and doing all those things, if they're not using proper body mechanics, that's additional exposure to risk factors such as forceful exertion and awkward postures. Uh, the way people choose to sit while they read their books or how they do their video games in the evening, you know, are they sitting in a, uh, is their workstation for their personal computer work or gaming contributing? to awkward posture and further imposing forces on the spine and the neck, that's going to make their risk of developing an injury greater. I would say in many cases, yes. I don't think people pay enough attention to their home personal 
workstations. And when we do ergonomic assessments for our staff in the offices, we try to touch upon that. You know, we can get you a headset for while you're working at home, but as soon as you get out of here, if you're talking on the train the entire time with your iPhone or your phone, you know, with your neck in an awkward rotation and your wrist is constantly twisted, it may not just be the risk factors on site at work that's causing or contributing to your discomfort. So when we do ergonomic assessments, we try to mention and get people and educate our staff to think about that approach, you know, holistic approach. Are you drinking enough water? Because obviously if you're suffering from a work-related or musculoskeletal disorder, you know, are you eating the right food, drinking enough water so that, that, so that your body could heal itself while also decreasing the risk factors at the office, on-site at work, or while you're home. Yeah, and when we talk about being at home and playing with your kids, you know, lifting them, spinning them, whatever, playing video games, this is our leisure time. So while we might think of a certain consequence of, hey, maybe I can't come to work today, my back hurts, I can't move patients, it's not like you're gonna be able to be at home playing with your kids or anything if you're in pain. And like you said, there is sort of that holistic approach to it because uh, you know, we talked about an increased pace, obviously, in the last year with, with COVID-19 causing an increase in these injuries, but there has to be a stress component as well. You know, you talked about, are you hydrating well? Um, are you getting proper nutrition? Are you sleeping well enough? But also there is that mental component too. Oh, absolutely. There is actually research surround specifically uh, surrounding the stress component and the compression forces that are imposed on the spine. You know, when I talk about the wear and tear on L4, L5, S1 from pushing and pulling, what we're up against is if someone is pushing and pulling, you know, 30 pounds of a, of a patient's weight, the pressure imposed on the spine is not just that 30 pounds. Whenever we go to lift or move something, the muscles in our trunk co-contract to stabilize our spine in order for us to perform that activity. The co-contraction of those muscles is what imposes hundreds of pounds of pressure on the intervertebral discs. Now, the intervertebral discs are capable of taking hundreds of pounds of pressure, but there is a threshold. And when you pass that threshold, that's where the um, vertebral end plates that are um, above and below the intervertebral discs get damaged. And the purpose of that intervertebral end plate is to allow nutrition to pass from the intervertebral bone, from the bone into the disc itself. And that's the nutrition of the disc. There's no blood flow to the disc. That's the disc's sole source of nutrition. And when those vertebral end plates get damaged, it impacts the amount of nutrition passes from the bone into the disc. So when you have an a disc that's malnourished, you know, it's not healthy, and it, you're at an increased risk for disc protrusions and disc herniations. That's just a general overview of the disease process that's occurring. Going back to the lifting of weight, the pushing of weight, and the co-contraction of the muscles in the trunk, that improves, and the pressure import, imposed on the spine is decreased if you use proper body mechanics, you are trained and you know how to hold a neutral spine, 
how to co-contract and support a neutral spine and stabilize your spine without bearing down or holding your breath. So in that instance, people who are doing work on their trunk, who do core work, who you know are exercising and have a little bit more mindfulness about the structure and you know what I mean and how to support their core, they're in a little bit of a better situation for when they're doing these pushing and pulling activities because they're minimizing those forces. There was work done specific, going back to your comment of stress, at Ohio State University by Dr. Uh, William Maris. And they put individuals in situations where they were observing a stressful situation. They had everybody hooked up to, to, to equipment where they were monitoring the compression forces on the spine. And they had the tester start yelling at one of the assistants. And so the person who was doing the activity wasn't even the one being yelled at. They were just observing this student getting yelled at by Dr. Maris. Um, and it was an all an act. But what they found was that they went back and they said, all right, let's go back. Let's continue our test here. Sorry about that. And a good number of people, there was statistically significant increases in pressure from certain people who were exposed to that stress. They found that people who were introverts demonstrated an increased compression force in their spine, so the stress changed the way their trunk musculature co-contracted, um, and also females had a slight increase uh, in compression forces imposed on the spine after they just watched that stressful situation. So what that demonstrates is yes, absolutely. Um, not that holistic approach is very important because if someone is stressed out or someone is in a stressful situation, then the mechanical forces that they're imposing on their spine when they perform um, activities of pushing, pulling and lifting is absolutely gonna be increased. So yes, we know that stress plays a role in how we feel and our overall health. But in that example, in that realm of research alone, you know, there's a direct correlation. That's, that's very interesting. And, and when we talk about, you know, some of these safety management and prevention programs that are currently being offered or planning to be run, and we talk about the biomechanics and the training, what do these programs generally entail? Because I feel that the first response when anybody does anything to their body is, oh, I'll just stretch it out. I'll just stretch my back and I'll be fine. But that's not necessarily what we're doing here. Yes, there could be some involved, but it's more of a proactive response to prevent the injuries from happening rather than the reactive response of treating the injuries that we hope don't happen in the long run. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a constant struggle to balance our proactive approach and our reactive response. At Penn Medicine, all of our new employees um, have an introduction to the risk factors, uh, ergonomic risk factors that contribute to musculoskeletal disorders or work-related musculoskeletal disorders upon their orientation. And we go through the training of what those risk factors are, what musculoskeletal disorders are, uh, and how to prevent them. They all receive a general overview of proper body mechanics, 
We have video training of showing how to properly lift, how to properly push large equipment, stretchers, etc. And our focus on prevention generally for the entire workforce also includes taking micro breaks, stretch breaks, micro breaks, whatever uh, you want to refer to it as, but the micro breaks provide musculoskeletal relief and offset the stress and strain from those risk factors that any of us might be exposed to. So that that is definitely, whenever we go into a department and we do an ergonomic assessment or we do a risk assessment of what risk factors there are in that area, regardless of what controls we recommend, micro breaks, taking the time for 30 to 60 seconds to change your position, change your posture, increase blood flow, uh, improve mobility in the joints is definitely a focus. And that's where you and I, our work together over the last six months, you know, that's an area of significant overlap. I know you and I both acknowledge the benefits of taking micro breaks in addition to overall health and wellness. Um, but that's, that's for everybody. That's everybody who joins Penn Medicine gets that baseline education and, and in moving forward. And then we go into our high risk departments on a regular basis, performing assessments and giving them additional support. We have training programs for our EVS staff, our transport staff, our nursing staff, like we've mentioned, our office staff. And we have also a really robust ergonomics program in our labs. What I really love is when we talk about the the joints and the biomechanics of it and really how much of a difference it makes just using your legs rather than your back and just keeping a neutral spine and, and how things like that end up paying so many dividends down the road. Now, Alex, I do like to wrap up these conversations with a fun question, uh, either pertaining to or not pertaining to the topic. Uh, this one is not pertaining to the topic today. Um, listeners, we are recording this on May 5th, which is Cinco de Mayo. Uh, so I'm going to ask Alex what her favorite Mexican dish is. Oh, all of them? Uh <laughs> <laughs> that is understandable, but not acceptable here. Um, I would say, so, uh, in me and my family, we are, um, not strictly, uh, but primarily vegetarian. Um, so beans and rice and vegetables is just the way to go. Um, you know, we don't have food in the fridge if we don't have, um, corn tortillas in the fridge. Like, let me just put it that way. Um, <laughs> I would say, um, I love a good sweet potato burrito and we make them often. So, yes, that, that is my go-to. Uh, sweet potato, burrito with rice, black beans, um, avocado. Uh, I'm, I'm good. Cilantro. Sweet potato <laughs> burrito. That's, that's interesting. I don't know if I was expecting that answer, but, but I like that. I'm also, uh, I'm also a burrito guy myself. Um, I love the whole compact aspect of it, just being able to hold it. That's why I love wraps. Uh, so... Yeah, that, that would uh, be my answer. I'm glad we have some overlap there. Uh, Alex, this has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you.